The house always wins. Play long enough, you never change the stakes. The house takes you. Unless, when that perfect hand comes along, you bet big, and then you take the house. I've been practicing this because a little bit that I rush. It felt like I rushed. It was good. I liked it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Big Easy Bets podcast. I'm your host, Logan, and with me in the studio, Nick Von Brick. Hola. And Justin, the Russian concussion mascaro. Good evening. As you can tell, we got a new intro song. Shout out to Kyle Stevens for hooking us up with that. Um, We actually have another one on the way as well, so you never know. We might be flip-flopping intros. Uh, Episode 114 of Big Easy Bets. We don't have a ton to talk about today. It's going to be a relatively quick episode, but... Pelicans are in the playoffs, and they just tied up the series 1-1 with the Suns. We got a home game on Friday, and we are going to be in the building. Saturday, we're going to the Zurich Classic. We got a busy weekend. The NFL draft is right around the corner. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. But first things first, we ran the Crescent City Classic on Saturday. So before we get into it, how do you how would you rate your performance 1 to 10? Um just just no backstory, just 1 to 10. How would you rate your performance? A nine. Nine. Justin, how would you rate your performance? A two, but I was listed as doubtful. Okay. A four. Um, I would rate my performance as a five, maybe a six. And if you ask me long enough, maybe a seven. Um, so, yeah, Nick's been training for this for not a not a crazy amount of time, but what, four months, three months? Um, since February, so only like two and a half months. But you've also been getting in shape for a lot longer. Yeah, I've been in like, um, but not running shape and being it's in shape is yes. a lot different. But being so. overweight and being in shape is also different. Yeah. Um, so yeah, three months running, running training? Um, <clears throat> two and a half. Okay, we'll call it three. Like, I think you're 11 now. weeks. Um, so yeah, Nick was, uh, had decided to the Crescent City Classic, asked us if we wanted to do it. I said yes, but then really I meant no. And then Justin said that he runs it every single year. So uh, I was like, all right, fuck it. I guess I'll do it. I have not ran very much since about 2014. And y'all asked me on, was it Saturday? Maybe a little bit before, maybe a Friday. There was, there was 13 out. days. Okay. Yes, there was 13 days, but I didn't actually buy the <laughs> ticket until Sunday, Monday. Race was on that, that next Saturday. So I go out and I run two miles on Monday. And I keep calling it two miles. Really, if we're being honest, it was like 1.7 miles. Uh, tapped out, and then my quads were cramping up when I was walking back to the house. So I've already bought my ticket at this point. I was incredibly sore from Monday until about Thursday night. Friday, I woke up. I was feeling pretty good. Uh, I went the, the whole nine yards, bought the running shoes, um, was trying to hydrate, eat the right things, kind of. Uh, we ate a big breakfast on, set, what, Friday morning? Yes. Yeah. Friday morning, Cracker Barrel. Shout out Cracker Barrel. And then Saturday, we went racing, but... You, Justin, decided to go to a crawfish boil. Well, you said you were only there for a little bit of time, but did you eat a single crawfish? Yeah, I, I mean, I ate a handful. Okay. 
It's not what you eat before a race. No. <laughs> Justin did um, exactly what you're not supposed to do. Yeah, I did the, everything wrong. The Went days out the leading night before. up to the race. Yeah, night before goes to the bar to watch the Pelicans game and doesn't get home till at least one, maybe later. And then fast forward 12 hours, to not even, to race day. Fast forward fucking six hours to, to uh, getting ready to start the race. We, like normal people, go use the restroom because we're like, we don't want to have to pee while we're racing. So Nick was in a different grouping. He was in the more uh, advanced runners, expected to finish in a quicker time than us. We were in the jogging section. So we're expected, what was it, an hour to an hour 20? Yeah, something like that. Was our expected uh, time of arrival. So it was me, Justin, and Alec, and... I chronicled the whole thing on Facebook with live live stream videos every mile. Alex, one of those like not in, he's not in bad shape, but he's not he's not out of shape, but he's not in shape. If that makes sense, physically yeah, well, you look at him, he's not out of shape. But when he told me how much he weighed, I was like, whoa! How much? Then he say he weighed like one eighty, yeah, one eighty five. Yeah, I think so. It doesn't look like he weighs that much. No, it does not. And um. But I remember when he was like 160, 150, 160. Yeah. It didn't seem like that long ago. Yeah, I weigh 210. So that's a big difference. So Alec jumps up off the couch, uh, gets a little to-go cup of the kitchen grease on the stove, takes it with him. Um, that's where they've all drawn their their athletic abilities from. The entire the entire family is all filled with athletes. Um, and I'm convinced that they've always had this bowl of kitchen grease or I say kitchen grease cooking grease uh, that's just been on the stove for years so I'm convinced that that's what it's got to be uh, but yeah he ran an impressive time for just hopping up off the couch with zero training think yeah he was and he was like I could have ran it faster I didn't want to uh, be sore is what he said yeah he said that he told me the next day he said my groin is so fucked he's like my knee is killing me yeah, I was too. like you're gonna be sore no matter yeah. how fast empty you run tank. six miles empty the tank you clown if you haven't trained um but yeah so me Justin and Alex start in the same group, side by side. We're like, we're in this for the long haul together. Gun goes off. Our section's coming up. We get going. The game plan was we need to start at an 11.5 to a 12-minute mile pace. Well, we did not. Um, and it's hard. You're weaving through people. You're trying to get through the really slow people. And then we are cruising at a 10-minute mile pace. And it just went downhill from there. But we're hitting the one-mile mark. And, Justin, you go... To the porta potty, yeah. Not even a mile in. What what went wrong there? Break us down on your thought process as we as we start the race. We're running, we're cruising, we're all kind of talking to each other a little bit, but not not a crazy amount. You know, like how you doing? Doing good. Um, I kept saying we're fucked. We need to slow down. We're going way too fast. Nobody listened. And then what what happened? Well, rewind about ten minutes. Okay, and. I'm severely hungover from drinking the night before and I find a water station and I'm just throwing water back and uh, a little side note I got to dap up Thomas Morstead um, so that was cool Miami but, Dolphins punter yeah so then I drink a bunch of water and then we're at the starting line and I have to piss so bad that I'm just gonna pee on myself as we're running but in the beginning you have so many people around you where you just gotta hold it and so I see a porta potty and I'm like, I'd rather do it at mile one versus like mile four or something because there's going to be, it's going to be throw up. You know, people are going to be going into porta potties to throw up. 
So, of course, there was a line, and that's where I lost you guys. Yes. There was a line of, like, six people. Yeah, I mean. He sprints over there as fast as he can, and I'm wearing my medal right now. I'm wearing my Crescent City Classic medal right now. Uh, he sprints over there and then just comes to a complete stop and it's just standing fine. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what? What? We started walking a little bit. We're like, we'll give you a little bit of time, but then it was like, we gotta go. There's no way. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I wouldn't have peed. A beginning of the race port porta potty pit stop. Sometimes I've had a pee and like it'll go away, dude. If you just, I mean, if you got to pee real bad, <laughs> yeah, I was then getting it's like goosebumps. Then it's not like... gonna go away because it's just splashing around in your bladder. But it's like the race just started. Me, him, and Alec all went to go use the bathroom before we saw. I think I saw Jake too. Yeah, use the bathroom. Um, critical error on your part. Yeah, it was, a, and that's <clears throat> what honestly propelled me to walk for like two miles straight. Because as soon as I got out the porta potty, I went to just Did like you take have to off. pee when the race started. Yeah, and you didn't think about like going to pee. Well, I didn't have to go until I'm like in the little. Corral. And then all of a sudden you couldn't hold it. Yeah, no, that is crazy. <laughs> because like if you did, you would think that you it, would have to know. You would know a little bit that it's you not go. like once you start running, your bladder's not going to continue to like fill up with pee probably because you're going to start sweating. So like all yeah. the fluid in you is going to be draining out, leaving that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean that. that I would have. I would have held it. Oh, there was no, yeah, there was no way that I, I that's why I was like, I got to go before. Because even I had go. to pee a little bit, but there was like, where I started, there was like a fence in between me and Porter Potties. And I was like, I don't know, the race might be starting right now. Yeah, you don't want to risk and sure it. sure enough, it was like less than a minute out. Yeah, I mean, I hit like mile four and I was like, I kind of got to pee, but not anywhere near like, oh, I got to stop. Um, But yeah, that compromised your time in a big way. Yeah. Big way. What You finished like what, 132, 133? Yeah, well, behind that, I mean, yeah. What else? Okay, so yeah, take take. So us. I'm I'm bad. I was battling an Achilles injury. Okay, <laughs> I rolled my ankle about a month ago, and oh, okay. ankle's fine, but now my Achilles is all fucked up. So as soon as I come out the porta potty, I'm like, all right, I'm trying to catch up to them. I take one hard step to try to just take off, and bam, felt my Achilles pull all the way up until my neck. So I'm like. All the way up into your neck? Yeah, like it was like a shock, like all the way through my body. So I was like, all right, I, th I thought somebody, I mean, it felt like somebody just came behind me and cut it. I was like, all right, I'm done. Oh, my God. So I walked for two miles, and then, yeah, oh, I was just scared to run again. So safe to say you were the least in running shape. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I honestly, I feel like it's extremely impressive in my head that I was able to on Monday, cramp up after not even two miles, and then on Saturday, r run. I mean, it was a decent bit of walking, but speed walking. And it was more running than walking, though. Um, but the fact that I was able to make it 6.2 miles. Yeah, absolutely. I, I take that. I take that. Uh, I took that home with me. So you find a lot of – you find out about yourself when you're on the pavement out there. Um, but, yeah, no, I, that's why I would give myself at least a five. It was up in the air on if I was going to finish. I was like, I'm going to cramp up. I'm not going to be able to make it. Yeah. But sometimes you got to dig deep. You know? I do know. Is that it? <laughs> That's all you got? I mean, you want, you want me to talk to everybody about how, like, what I was experiencing? I mean. So, like, everybody, I just feel like everybody starts races faster than they should. But yeah. I've only run two races, so. Well, I feel like it's almost impossible not to. Well, I was surprised by how 
Unless you're really fucking How trained. loose I felt right when I started. So uh, I felt great, but I was moving at like a seven-minute pace. And um, I was only able to maintain that for like three miles. And then I started to drop, not like terribly, but just a little bit at a time. And by the time that I got to like the fifth, the end of the fifth mile and going to, into one last mile, I was like almost exhausted kind of, but I was still pushing the pace. But um, I would have liked to be able to run that mile that last mile a little bit faster. Yeah. Um, it was fucking really hot. Yeah. Really hot and humid. I kept hearing the people that looked like they were like ran consistently, like complaining about the weather. Yeah, I heard the same thing. One guy was like, uh, this is the slowest I've run it in 10 years. Yeah, I remember you saying that. And a lot of people were like, yeah, it was just so humid. That was one thing, dude. My head was so hot. I couldn't get my head to cool off. I could like, it was hot as fuck. Like, I couldn't get my temperature to come down. Yeah. Also, I mean, my heart rate was at 205. So, <laughs> just, like, the whole time. Um, like, when I was walking, it was at 190. Because, mm. I mean, I'm speed walking, but it's still, it's not a run. Yeah. And it was 190. So, I could not, like, mellow out, I guess, once I got to that point. Are y'all going <laughs> to prepare better for next year? Yeah, a thousand percent. Yeah. yeah. I'm already signed up for the Greek run. Yeah, Justin was t- telling us about the Greek run where you run in togas. Um, it's a 5K. I don't know if I'm going to be there for that one, but. Do people run it in like uh, running shorts and t- a t-shirt? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the togas are a requirement. But uh, the Crescent City also does like five other races besides just the classic. So. Yeah, they've got the whole like uh, rotation that they do. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I a thousand percent plan on doing it again. Uh, I'm gonna be honest. I was super sore for two days and then now I'm fine. But like my back, my back was so sore. My traps were sore as fuck. And then like, it started like it went up into my neck. So I I felt like I pinched a nerve in my neck, but only for like a day. It was bothering me after that. It wasn't. Yeah. I didn't run on Sunday and on Easter Sunday, I ate so much. Really? I woke up and um, on Monday and before I started carb loading for the race, I was 157. I woke up on Easter. I was 167. Really? 10 <laughs> yeah, pounds. Yeah, 10 dude. pounds. Christ. And um, so I ran that Monday at the end of the day, and I was trying to move, like, close to a pace that I ran the race at, and I just, dude, my legs were so heavy because I was still even sore from then. Yeah. Yeah, but honestly, no, yeah, I feel pretty good. Um, I definitely plan on doing it again, thousand percent. But, but yeah, it was a, uh, it was an experience. It was got live stream videos on my Facebook. You can see mile by mile the deterioration of my, uh, my day. But <clears throat> everybody finished. We found out that this podcast has heart, um, and different levels of endurance. But. All right, Pelicans in the playoffs. Obviously, they won the play-in game. Go on, take on the Suns. We got two games in Phoenix in the books. Been saying it on Twitter. The Pelicans just need to steal one, and they did. Like a thief in the night, we took it from them on their home court. Devin Booker, we took his hamstring with us. He might not play game three or four. Yeah, that's what it's looking like. That's huge. Oh, yeah. So, I say... um. Put Herb Jones on Chris Paul. Let him guard Chris Paul. 
Jose Alvarado played very well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very well on the defensive side of the ball. Hit two huge threes. And he's just so fast. He is so fucking fast. Um, Trey Murphy, huge threes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then Brandon Ingram, stud. Uh, McCollum off to a shaky start, but in that fourth quarter hit some big shots. As soon as the sun started closing the door, or uh, creeping back in a little bit, McCollum came down, hit some some uh, clutch pull-up threes in transition, and then B.I. hit one, too, that I was like, oh, fuck. It got to a point where we were going back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even in the first half, the teams were shooting the ball so well. Yeah. Like, I think the Pelicans, it shot a 54% from three or something. I think something. it was 56.7. Something, yeah. Yeah, and that's what I said. I put on Twitter, I was like, the fact that game one we shot so bad, got in a hole, clawed back, and then Chris Paul took over in that fourth quarter. So the fact that we were able to shoot that bad and keep it close was, I guess, reassuring. So game two, that's why I was like, the, uh, the, we're not going to shoot as bad. Just you're, They're professionals. Statistically speaking, they're probably going, going to shoot much better. So you got to run, though. They couldn't keep up with this when we were running. Mm-hmm. Herb, yeah. Dude, Herb Jones is very, very, very good. Very good. Yeah. He and then Alvarado, Alvarado to Herb Jones at the end of the half. Even though they came down, I think Booker railed a three to close out the half. But they like they could have held for one shot. But Alvarado sees he's got nobody in front of him. He's past him like like high IQ basketball play to get a bucket. So Friday, the stage is set. We will be there in a suite. Um, for what's going to be probably the craziest atmosphere in in that building, definitely in a long, long time. Oh yeah, probably since Zion's first game, which we were there for. Yeah, for the, uh, the Pelicans and Warriors series. I wasn't there for that, but that was when Curry kept hitting the dagger in the corner. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that one was crazy. But then the we beat the Trailblazers, swept them four zero. So I'm sure that that was even crazier. Yeah. But see, that was like. Did we really think we had a chance that year? Not that we – this is the best team I think we've had in a long time. Yeah. Like, I like if we go out and they ride off the crowd and they take and we take a 2-1 lead with the next game at home and Devin Booker's not playing, it's like it's not going to be crazy to say that we could fucking potentially upset the Suns. Yeah. Whereas, like – I mean, when we swept the Trailblazers, that was impressive, but I didn't have very much confidence – going forward from there. Yeah, well, it's the thing in, like, those years, there was the super teams that... Yeah. It's like, you knew it, who was going to be in the finals. Yeah, it's much before more... Before the playoffs started. It's so open. much more wide open now. Yeah, definitely. Was that when we had uh, Cousins and Rondo? Mm, I yeah, think Cousins so. yeah. was injured, though. Yes. Because yep. he tore his Achilles that year, earlier, yeah, before the playoffs. Sucked. Yeah, But this team's, like, different. It's a lot more fun because you know we're going to have this team for, a, for a couple more years. We have three rookies contributing big time. Yeah. And like with that team, it was like, you know, this team is not going to be the same thing next year. And what's great is that we got guys that Herb Jones was a second round draft pick. Should have been a first. Alvarado was undrafted. Yeah. He got signed to a $6 million deal. You know, he's just out there loving life. Mm-hmm. He's just happy to play. You can tell. Like the guys that really had to grind for it play the hardest because they had to and and continue to have to play the hardest. So he got a well-deserved $6 million, $7 million contract, 
But he didn't know coming in. It's like I'm fighting for a roster spot. I might have to go figure out what else I'm going to do with my life if this does this doesn't work out. So when you find a good situation and you have a spot filled, it's like Pat Beverly. Mm-hmm. Dude plays hard as fuck. Mm-hmm. Like a little dirty here and there, obviously, but you can't you can't question the passion. So it's like there's a lot of these players that, I mean, didn't have it handed to him in terms of like LeBron James came in. It's like you know. He's the heir apparent. Like he, he doesn't have to worry about what he's going to do for a living. He's just got to worry about: Am I going to be good enough to win a championship? These other guys, it's like: Am I going to be good enough to stay in this league? So you can. They just they wear their heart on the sleeve. They play hard as fuck. They all like each other. I mean, you've got the bench player. You got Brandon Ingram hugging the bench players like they're best friends. Like a lot of times, you don't see that. You see like all the superstars click together. And then, but it's like, it's like everybody, like everybody seems to really enjoy being around each other. They play for one another. The whole staff, that's what I put on Twitter. The whole staff seems to be invested. They all seem to genuinely get along. They're not just here because they're getting paid to be here and they're just playing basketball. Like they seem like they really like to play with each other. And McCollum, the acquisition of McCollum was unbelievably important. Like unbelievably even when he's having off nights, it's just like you have that veteran presence who can also get you a bucket whenever he wants, just about regardless of the off nights, you have this veteran presence that you can rely on when Zion comes back, dude, that's what I'm saying. When Zion comes back and we can integrate Zion into the current system. Think about that. What would the starting lineup be? Take out Hayes and put in Zion. Is Hayes in the starting lineup right now? Okay. So yeah. Yes. Um, Dude, that's a fucking dominant line. He averaged 27 points a game. Oh, yeah, you could make an argument that uh, we don't have our best, best player. player. No, yeah, I mean, when healthy, yeah, I don't even think it's an argument. He, 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 most dominant, give him the ball, he's going to the line or he's yeah, getting the bucket. Yeah, one of the most unstoppable players. It was, yeah, it was, it was right. very eye-opening right off the bat because you had season tickets that year. So we were going, uh, I think it was a preseason game. We saw him play the Jazz. And he went straight to Gobert's chest, defending defensive player of the year, straight to his chest, and Gobert bounced off of him. I was like, fuck. Like, okay. He just, he's undersized in terms of height, but he can jump so well, and his second jump is so much quicker than everybody else's, and he's such a big body that you can't fucking do anything. Yeah, strength and speed. Yeah, you can't stop him. He is a grown-ass man. If he stays healthy, he's going to be dominant. When you pair that with the calming veteran presence of McCollum, who's a top scorer in this league, and then you pair that with Brandon Ingram, who is a rising superstar in this league, a superstar, and then you got Zion down low, surround him with, dude, the the fucking best player to surround him with, the best style of player is Trey Murphy. Big, who can shoot. Like uh, one of those, like that's that's the direction that the league is in. That is, um, that's where it's going. That's the type of player that that you want to surround your guys with. So, yeah, even our bench would, I mean, just be super exciting with Murphy and Larry Nance and yep. um, yeah, Larry Nance played very well. Hayes. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, it, it's interesting. Like Devontae Graham, they, he's gotten muscled out. He's not getting playing time now. 
and we're pl- we're paying him a decent chunk of change. Yeah. Yeah. So I got uh, Alvarado and uh and others have kind of come in and I guess kind of booted him to the side. I mean, but it's good because when he does get in, he does have like the ability to I guess a little bit more of a scoring option than yeah. the other guys. But yeah, no. Yeah. I what Willie Green's done. Is, but when the season started, and he was freaking bombs away. Yeah, like, he was. I hated him. Yeah, no, he's he'll, still frustrated. He's gonna me. launch. He is going to launch shots. Um, but yeah, what Willie Green's been able to do with this team is nothing short of remarkable. So, the future's bright at the very, very least. The future's extremely bright. Valanciunas kind of plays like a bitch down there, though. I know everybody hypes him up as like absolutely this dominant force. He loves to like catch the ball on the way down and try to put it back up. Like, catch that motherfucker, one dribble straight up and dunk it. Mm-hmm. Like, he DeAndre Ayton was kind of fucking manhandling him. Mm-hmm. So, that he, he struggles to finish at the rim. Um, he did much better in game two than game one. But it looks like the betting line currently sits at a one-point spread in favor of the Phoenix Suns. Wow. So it's come down a little bit. I think it was two and a half earlier today. I, saw I am going to take the Pelicans, obviously. Um, but, I mean, game one was a ten and a half point spread. Game two was a nine and a half point spread. Obviously, Devin Booker goes out. But ten points. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a big difference. Um, the Suns are still good even without Devin Booker. Don't get it twisted. They can flip that switch. They showed it. They went on that run to start. I think it was the fourth quarter. They went on that run, and it was like, okay, fuck. Now we gotta gotta kind of get back on it. Um, but yeah, what are you? What are you? You gonna bet the Pelicans? I don't know. I'm gonna look at some pro- some player props. Definitely. Yeah, I'll probably. The atmosphere in there is gonna be off the fucking charts. Yeah. Yeah, it's they can gonna, ride that I'll, wave. I might bet some, but it's the off season for me. You gotta respect it. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm trying to. Get my mind right. Can you give me a couple months, please? <laughs> are y'all so are y'all going to the game? Uh right now Colin, Sam, and Shannon are going. You're, why are you not? Um I I just can't. Oh right my now. god. Yeah. It's the it's the playoffs. Dude, what's your problem? Then I went to the play in game. I went I mean that was exciting. That was awesome. That's not the playoffs. And why can't you go to the Zerk? What's going on? <laughs> Do you want to? Do you want to tell me? Air it out. No, it's okay. Air it out. Um, are you having surgery? No. But it's something else. No, I thought I was gonna have surgery at the at the Crescent City though. So you just don't want to go? I do, but I just I just just can't get off his back. You have plans? If the Reds would have hit today, I would I would have went. <laughs> oh, okay. Um. Well, Listen, if you ever need to borrow, I'll charge you on 10 points. What does that mean? 10% interest. Oh. Thank you. Who calls it 10 points? The Italians. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so then, so, yeah, we're going to be in the in the Smoothie King Center for the game. Like I said, uh, you can catch us in the suite. Um, but then Saturday, Zurich Classic. It starts tomorrow. It starts on Thursday. Uh, the doubles golf tournament. In New Orleans, we'll be there on Saturday following around uh, some of the top golfers in the world. I have two pairings that I'm betting on. You're not going to bet on this either? <laughs> Dude, I might bet 10 bucks. 10 bucks? Why not? 
I got uh so I'm my number one pick, Victor Hovland and Colin Morikawa. I want to say they might be the favorites. Eight to one odds. Slap a Benjamin on it. Two of the brightest stars in the sport. Hovland's played here at least. I know he was certainly here last year. I think he was here the year before as well. So he's got a few years under his belt at this course. Um, but then secondly, I'm taking Cam Smith and Mark Leishman, nine to one odds. The Aussies. Justin, are you taking anybody? I don't really know a lot of people in this one, but what do you mean? It's all the top goddamn golfers in the world. Yeah, these are some pretty big names. But uh, the one I am big on is uh, Morikawa and Hovland. Hovland for top five finishing okay. uh, at plus 175. I, I like, like that a lot. I like that. Might take that as well. It's no secret. I love Victor Hovland. It was one of those like coincidences, I guess. I, 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 I was watching. I caught his first ever professional, his first ever tournament as a professional. Um, and actually, I think I saw him. He might have been an, one of the amateurs at the Masters. I was like, this dude's fucking good, like really good. Shows a lot of potential. And I was watching him when he first started his professional career, and I was like, this dude is really good. So he has a ton, a ton of potential. Hasn't really cracked the uh, the winner's circle like Morikawa did. I think Morikawa won what the U.S. Open. He won one. I think he's got one major under his belt already. But it's a good pairing. Hovland's nice off the tee. Morikawa's got some of the best iron play. So. That's who I'm taking. That's my number one pick, eight to one odds. And then I'm going to take Smith and Leishman at nine to one odds as well. And that's the defending champions, right? Smith and Leishman? Yeah. I believe so. And Smith just came up. He just kind of tanked at the Masters. Ufisten. You know who I'm talking about? Ustazen. Yeah. Where's he from? Uh, South Africa. Okay. Yeah, because they were in a playoff last year, I think, or either was Ty going in at 18th or something. And uh, he shanked it into the water. Yeah, I know. I remember that. On 18. Yeah. Yeah, Cam Smith and Mark Leishman are the defending champions. So they've been here before. They're good golfers. Cam Smith specifically is a damn good golfer. He was uh, competing with Scotty Scheffler up there at the top of the uh, Masters leaderboard, kind of tanked there on the on Sunday. But it happens. Bounce back at the Zurich. Uh, got the Barstool guys down there. It's going to be fun. Be out there walking the course, drinking uh, – Drinking some Michelobes, whatever they're selling out there. Get some sunburn going. Get our steps in. It's going to be a good time. All right, I'm going to go with... Um, I'm going to go with two. I'm going to go with the Patrick Cantlay, Xander Schauffel. I was looking at that one. I like Cantlay, too. Um, at 8-1 <clears> to <throat> one to win. And then I'm going to go with Bubba Watson. Harold Varner the third, And Harold Varner the third. Harold Varner the third got the best played outfit. Really well last week. He did, and he's he's sponsored. Did by y'all watch it? Yeah, at the Masters. Yes. No. Um. Oh, that's the right. RBC that's right. Heritage. No, I did not watch that. But well, he, Spieth won again on Easter. Huh. So he'll play he plays well on Easter now. Is what we know. Good to know. Put that in the memory bank. Uh, Harold Varner the third is sponsored by Jordan. Yeah, it was almost a playoff, dude. He. Had like a thirty foot or twenty five foot, thirty foot putt. Really, he had to make it for a playoff, and when I mean he barely missed mm. it, he b- barely missed it. I'm excited. It's one of the like, it's one of the coolest things to me because you're able to get so close to absolute, like, I mean the professionals, but specialists. That's that the hardest thing in the world. 
you're able to get fucking 10 feet away from somebody that is the best in the world at something that is the hardest in the world. And I find that awesome that you're able to get that close. I know it, they said at the Masters, you're not allowed to walk. I was talking to somebody. You're not really allowed to walk the course. Oh, like wherever you stay, that's... Yeah, you kind of got to post up. Huh. Huh. That sucks. Yeah, that would... But I guess it's such a big tournament that, like, they don't want any extra added distractions or anything. Um, but yeah, the Zerk's awesome, dude. I'm, 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 we've, I know we went last year. I think we went, I've gone at least four or five times now. And every year it's fun. Um, if you're a golf fan, it's like, how do you not? I remember I brushed shoulders with Jason Day either last year or two years ago. Didn't even, like, I recognized him, but like, he was just walking through, going to the clubhouse. I'm like, oh, shit. Um, he was the world number one golfer for a while there, but yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, NFL draft next week. I think it's on a Thursday. Uh, we will, I guess, come back and break down that, give our picks and then, uh, go that's always the, super fun from that there. on. Oh yeah. The draft. Yeah. Rest in peace. Henry Ruggs, number one receiver off the board. I remember that. Was that year one? Was that the first time betting the NFL draft on the podcast? Yeah. That was like 9-1. to one. Yeah, idiots. Henry Ruggs, baby. Let's Raiders go. were some big idiots. When he See, said that's it, the thing when, I, I, like, I almost jumped out of my shoes when he said it. <laughs> I was so happy. Well, there were so many uh, receivers in that draft class yeah. that are better than him. Yeah. Well, yes, Bef- well, but, now not, it's, but not faster. <laughs> I guess not. On the field or in his car. Yeah. Turbocharged, I heard yeah. it was. Yeah. But um, that was a huge hit. Made, I tried to bet night. on Justin Jefferson. It's not my fault that I can see things that <laughs> NFL GMs can't. Yeah, well, I I know how to look. At you have what to the think NFL like an GMs idiot. Are looking at. <laughs> you have to think like the idiots picking the players. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, we might have to put like a wager on who has a better career, Matt Corral or Kenny Pickett. Yeah, we can. You stand by Matt. What do we want to uh, make it like the pr- first to make a Pro Bowl? Yeah. Um, or. Yeah, I mean, we could do that, but then I feel like sometimes. I mean, yeah, that that that. Honestly, I like um, Malik Willis as well. Yeah, but you you've staked your claim on Matt Corral. Well, like I would pick both of them before uh, Kenny Pickett. I think you're sleeping on Kenny Pickett. You also <laughs> slept on Justin Herbert. He just played in like such a weak. So they, did Willis though. Yeah. Well, dude, they played some stiff competition. Yeah, but they. I mean, and he had zero offensive line. Yeah, but he played like dog shit against an Ole Miss team that he would that they would have covered the spread if he, he wouldn't sure have thrown did. four shit fucking interceptions. Terrible. He was running for his life. Not so much that he was, but there were some throws in that game. They had a drive to win the game. Yeah. If it wasn't to win, it was like to tie. Definitely to cover. I remember it was last drive. I'm like, this is, it was minimally it was to cover. Maybe we were on Liberty. Yes. Yeah. He fucking faded so bad throughout that year. We talked about that. And it was against, they did play. He did, but when I mean like he was, he might have played in front of the worst line in college football. I'm not even exaggerating. Like, he would run, literally. But and how, then his coach so was how also much, an idiot. Hugh Freeze is a, a certified idiot. How much of it, though, was him bailing out of a clean pocket because he can run so well? I mean, 
part of it is that, but another part of it is um, that's just what he became. It became a habitual type thing. Yeah. I mean, and that's part of his <clears throat> fault, but a part of it isn't. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely an unpolished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a project. Yeah, it's know? a project, definitely. Um, physical traits from that standpoint, yeah, he's the best by far. He he's got the most upside, I think. I think the safest pick is Kenny Pickett, though. I I understand he had he had good receivers around him and he had good running backs as well, two good running backs. But it's like, and it so a lot a lot of people were arguing like, well, it's only one good year. And it's like, they're not the same, but Joe Burrow had one good year. Yeah, but Joe Burrow did it against the best. He did, best. yes, but he also had the best of the best with him as well. Yeah. I'm not saying that he's going to be even remotely close to Joe Burrow, and he wasn't in college and won't be in the NFL. But, I mean, look at fucking Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. When you got those two guys lining up out wide, it makes your day a little easier. Yeah. But his throws, the throws he were making, like that's what I'm saying. It, it's but he didn't play like Joe Burrow's offensive line wasn't that good yeah. either. No, yeah, he had to run for his life. Well, but I just stick, think that well, ACC if you go by awards, they got the best offensive line. I know they did, but that was strictly because yeah. of Joe Burrow. <laughs> but um, what was I say? Oh, the ACC, the defenses. I just think that he's a product of a, of the system that Pitt was running. Yeah. Which I mean, a lot of people. But you could say that about Ole Miss and Matt Corral too. Yeah, but um, I look at Matt Corral just uh, as a, as far as his talents concerned, not the way that he necessarily played. Because I mean, I think he could have played better. You're not worried about his health. I mean, I guess you got to be a little bit, but I don't know. What do we put? Just a friendly hundred dollar wager? <laughs> I mean, what are we exactly? I mean, let's on? figure it out right now. I'm not opposed to doing Pro Bowl. The what first we could do who gets drafted first. Yeah, but that no, I know, I know that wouldn't be the deciding factor on like who was right on who had a better career. Well, I would also bet on Pickett getting drafted before Corral. Would you? Yeah, they're saying that he might fall to the Saints at like sixteen, nineteen. I thought the Steelers were looking at Corral. I, don't I mean, know. I, yeah, yeah, at Corral. That's what I meant. Um, Honestly, I have no idea what anybody's thinking. But the last I heard, it was that Pickett was. Considered the top prospect, and then after he's been he's been the combine and the pro days, a lot of people Willis, they were saying teams could trade up for <clears throat> Malik Willis. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Kenny Pickett's very close with Peyton Manning. Been getting tutored by him. Matt Corral's been getting DUIs. So, got to worry about off the field. You don't have to worry about that with Kenny Pickett. Yeah. I mean, I'm putting my name in. The, I just feel like Kenny. I feel like he's the safest pick, in my opinion. There's more upside with the others, but he can step in and on the right in the right system with the right team can be like a playoff caliber quarterback. Yeah, honestly, I wouldn't um, pick any of these guys in the first round. Well, yeah, okay, yeah. I'll if I, I don't care, this what is one of the weakest quarterback in. drafts in a while. I rather pick. Somebody else, and then lose every game next year, and then draft from one of those quarterbacks. Yeah, who was it? Stroud. Um, um, would Stroud be coming out? I don't know. I think he might be a true fresh. Oh, that's right. He'd have to play. You got to play three years, right? You got to go through your junior. But year. Bryce Young. Yeah, that's true. Um, who else? Um, I mean, really, that's the only guy that fucking matters. Um, Sam Howell. No, he's coming out this year. 
So, yeah, Stroud was a true freshman. You're right. So he would not be coming out. Um, Miles Brennan. Yeah, Miles Brennan. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But, I mean, so what do you want to do? Pro Bowl? First player to make a Pro Bowl? Yeah. Who's got better stats at the end of the year? More passing yards? Touchdowns? We'll do first to first player to make the Pro Bowl. What about who finishes higher in the rookie rankings? Yeah, but well, fuck what if that. a team? Both of these players might not even play. Yeah, definitely, definitely possible. So there could be a, uh, they could be victims of their situation if we do it on this next year. Okay, so you got? Do you want to put a stipulation in that they have to start? They have to start more than half the season. Yeah, so if um, let's say one of these players has a really good season and makes a Pro Bowl as a rookie, and the other, the one, other doesn't one, play. one doesn't play more than eight games, and the bet's voided. Well, well, not voided. It's just pushed to another year. Whatever. Why would it be voided? Well, because it would be oh. Like, so Kenny Pickett goes in, lights it up, I mean, makes look, the Pro Bowl. We, that could just be part of the um, the risky take. Yeah, it's the first to make the Pro Bowl. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Hundred bucks. One hundred and one dollars and ninety nine cents. Okay. One ten to win one hundred. I'd see. Could I, I feel like on again? you, you got us or uh. That was Corral. Oh shit! You took Corral. Yeah, I'll go with Corral. What? <laughs> well, who'd you just think you shook for? None of these players are ever going to make the Pro Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> You're sleeping. You can you can scout wide receivers. You can't scout quarterbacks. Uh I can tell you when one's not going to be good. And you really, I don't know, dude. I just feel, I don't know. I liked Pitt a lot this year, so I, maybe I'm a little biased, but I don't know. I think, yeah, I think Kenny Pickett's going to be good. I And maybe, I, obviously, I'm too low on Corral, I guess, because it's like I was kind of waiting for that hype train to fizzle out, and it didn't really, it did a little bit, because it was like going into the Bama game, it was like, okay, if he beats Bama, he's going to win the Heisman Trophy. So, yeah. like, if he lights it up against Bama, he's going to be the front runner to win the Heisman. And obviously he didn't, but a lot of people didn't. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I like Kenny Pickett. I think I, I would I would like him to do away with the gloves, but that might be where he draws his, his accuracy from. Yeah. I don't know. Who would you take between the two? I mean, yeah, I get what Nick's saying about being victim of the situation, but I would take Kenny. Okay. I just feel like that's the safer pick. Justin clearly knows something that we don't. So. He doesn't know anything. I mean, the <laughs> records say otherwise. He's <laughs> on to something. Yeah, but this is an evaluation of two college quarterbacks. Who would you bet on more next year if they were both starters? Oh, it depends on who's where. Doesn't matter. Just off the top of your head, who would you bet on more? Um, I mean, the answer would have to be who you just gave. I don't know. See, that's. What? It's tricky. Because <laughs> Corral's probably going to be on a good team. Why do you figure? Because Pick is going to go higher in the draft. So he's probably going to go to like the Lions, maybe, or something. Heck Fuck no. no. None no. of these players should go. They're saying they're projecting Pickett to fall to us potentially. Yeah, if I were, um, I wouldn't pick any of these quarterbacks in the top 20 other than Malik Willis. I'm excited, though. It's it's. I and mean, I love the draft. off of the uh, potential that he has. Would y'all be okay with the Saints getting Pickett? I would. He wouldn't. Apparently, <laughs> no. Um, 
But I would be okay if they take Malik Willis. That would be cool. It would kind of suck because I feel like Jameis is good enough to do something. I feel like with the defense we have, I feel like I realistically do feel like we can win now. If we hit a home run in this draft, I think we can win now. I really do. Think about okay, realistically, say we go receiver, receiver. We go Alave and fucking Jamison Williams. Think about that offense. Yeah. That's fucking sick. Or even um do we have a second round pick? I believe. Well, when we might have traded it to get the other first round. But maybe it was a third. I don't know. But think about think about that. Seriously. But I though. want um Kenneth Walker. Yeah, I mean I would Because the pair him with Camara. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate My that at all. God. But think about Michael Thomas on the outside, Jamison Williams on the outside, Olave in the slot, fucking whoever at tight end, Troutman. Camara out the backfield. You can't fucking guard any one of those guys. Yeah. Jamison Williams will recover from the ACL, and then he will take the top off of any defense. Olave is the best route runner in this draft. And then Michael Thomas is, when healthy, the best route runner in football. You won't be able to fucking guard any of them. It'll be move the chain city, and Olave can go deep too. I Dude, they go receiver, receiver. I'm not mad. We've been fucking, they've been, if that's the case, and I'm convinced they see the tweets and everybody <laughs> bitching about receivers. If they go receiver, receiver. Well, I mean, they got to like be like, well, shit, maybe everybody's right because of what we had to go through last year. Yeah. Jarvis Landry was in the building today. Yeah. Interesting. If we scoop Jarvis, you go receiver and fucking quarterback, whoever you want. It, it, Jarvis wanted a lot of money. He does want too much money, in my opinion. Yeah. But good locker room guy, still a good receiver. He's still going to be able to fucking run routes. He's going to make catches over the middle and in, in, in tight windows. Uh, I wouldn't be mad about it if we if we got him. Um, Debo Samuel wants to break the market. A lot of people are like, Saints, go get him. We can't fucking afford him. How the fuck are we going to go get him? He wants like a five-year deal, over $100 million. He wants a Michael Thomas deal. Probably mm-hmm. that, that and then some. Which, if I was the Niners, I'd be pissed, dude. Shanahan could have just kept him at receiver. Like, he excelled in Shanahan's offense. He's a fucking great player. I'm not taking anything away, but it's like he didn't have to. He could have just said, yo, I'm just going to utilize you as a receiver, and then you're only getting paid as a receiver. But now he's like, I can do all this other shit, so I should be paid more. So he wants to be the highest paid receiver? That I don't know if he's going on record saying that, but that's like speculation. Interesting. He is um, the most important part of their offense. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. So Tomo, a friend of mine in San Francisco, he's obviously a Niners fan. He's such a great he's football so player. He's so pissed. He's so mad. Like, he's like paying whatever he wants. Like, yeah, no, he's he is. I mean, he's, it's invaluable when you have somebody that can play that many different positions and just well, all like over the, the field. he's like the Alvin Kamara of the wide receiver. Yeah. 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 Con- yeah. And he can, like, he can lower his shoulder and fucking run you over. Right. So, like, he's a rough style fucking but it can also i don't know take he, it to, oh, yeah to the house. he can do anything you want he's like uh from fucking friday night lights he's booby miles yep. so he'll take out your trash he'll do whatever you need so yeah no i would 
I would be very, very frustrated if I was a 49ers fan right now and our best player is talking about leaving. So, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. The bet is set, apparently. Uh, Kenny Pickett or Matt Corral. I might do a poll on Twitter, see what see what the Twitter followers <laughs> think. Uh, it's going to be who, who has the better career, really, in the end, but the bet is who makes the Pro Bowl first. So, uh, but yeah, all right. I guess we will come back and do a episode whenever the draft gets closer, and then it's going to really go dark there for a little bit. All of our MLB picks go to the Instagram page at Big Easy Bets. We're posting plays every single day. Uh, we got off to a good start, kind of slowed down here the last couple days, but we're looking to get back on the right track. Playoff basketball, baseball, and then we just wait until football. But all right, we'll be back for the NFL draft. You got anything to say before we go? See you later. Yeah, uh, Dre, Jay Wright just retired. Really? Yeah, from Villanova. What? Yeah, yeah. I, I saw something that said he was seriously considering it. I did not know that. Yeah. That's crazy. That was He's one of the best fucking coaches in college basketball. And I, don't, I didn't think he was that old. I didn't think so either. Wow, that's crazy. No farewell tour like Coach K? See those suckers from uh, Oh, yeah, you motherfuckers. <laughs> you motherfuckers sitting in front of us. Oh, I bet you're not happy now, huh? Suck my dick. <laughs> the house always wins. Play long enough, you never change the stakes. The house takes you. Unless when that perfect hand comes along, you bet big, and then you take the house. practicing this because a little bit that I rushed it felt like I rushed it was good I liked it